There's something stuck in my teeth. Hold on. Why you got to tell me these things? I just turned it on. I know, but I... Hey, welcome to Comic Culture, the podcast that talks all things comics. Uh, I'm Walt. I'm Chris. And um, if you hear some of the like this, so I got like um, my lunch. I had a lunch issue. Why are, you hey, t- why are you telling our, our listeners this? Well, it's, it's pre-lunch, actually. Hey, listen, uh, I'm all clear now, by the way. Oh, that's good. This is a very exciting show, because uh, Chris and I had to tape early today. Um, and um, so, because we're, we're not alcoholics. No, the best no, way to do it, no. We're, um, we're, today's show is fueled by... Um, coffee. Nes- Nescafe coffee. I don't <laughs> even know if it's Nescafe or not. Colombian coffee. Colombian coffee. And... Um, so if we're a little wiry, you'll know why. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Mm. So, Chris, you had this idea. Well, I was thinking about something. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about how, you know, obviously comic books, uh, you know, ebb and flow over the years. But there are sometimes, like, important comic books that come around mm-hmm. that we can say have helped... You know, I don't want to say help society, but like they're just important issues. Like they're they help the comic book industry. Help the comic book industry. We got we got to set parameters here right. and guidelines. So yes. we're going to talk about comics that are have been important to the comic book comic industry. Book industry, but you know, and then we can kind of uh, include they've had social importance as well. Exactly. In exactly. Yes. They've crossed now, over. Now we can't I don't because it's too obvious, I don't want to talk about like Funnies on Parade, which yeah, is like the first, first comic, comic right. or Action One, which is just the template for the, the template for everything now pretty much. Right. Right. Okay. So, so we're not doing pre action one. Pre action one. Yeah, because we I don't want to get into like Buster Brown and yeah. you know uh, well, even like something like Skippy's own book of comics, which was you know, the first comic title devoted to a single character. Right. Or, or even like, you know, we could go back as far as like the yellow kid. I don't yes, want, yes. you know, I don't want to get into that kind of stuff. I want to talk about, you know, post action one. Post action one. Right. So what, what, and so I was thinking we could just start talking about, I was going to say top five, but I don't know if we'll have time uh, for it. Well, I think we'll just riff. Just riff. We'll just riff. talk about what we think are some of the important comics, um, and let's not go. Let's not try to go in some sort of stupid chronological order. Like, oh, just no, whatever comes to your mind. Whatever comes to my mind. So, important comic books in history. In history. In history. Uh, important for many reasons, and then we can kind of uh, maybe argue why we think that they're important. Exactly. Well, one of the most important comic books I think ever yep, yep. was Fantastic Four number one. Now, why would you say that? I've always championed that book. Well. Um, a bit of that action one thing it 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 signaled it signaled a very very um revolutionary change in the way comic book uh storytelling was told right and you know the lee kirby uh revolution was underway the marvel revolution sure. was underway um it kind of reignited what was at that time a very very stale right uh, superhero genre right uh to the point where it reinvented it right absolutely uh, and, and and probably saved it uh yeah, there, there's arguments that could be made against that but yes I, I i would agree with you on that so um you know fantastic four number one you know as a flagship obviously <clears throat> it's kind of like the first Recognizes the first Marvel comic as they transitioned out of Atlas. Right. Um, 
but it was also kind of the the you know like I said the beginning of the Marvel universe. Right. Was that book? I, yes. But more importantly than the beginning of the Marvel universe, it was the way, like I just said, the way um, the comic book stories were told, and then that method, that technique, that way was transferred onto all the other characters, including Spider-Man. Right, right. right. Uh, and um, and that caught on with the public. Right. So that's why I pick FF number one. Okay. That's a very, very important, very important comic book in comic book publishing history. Okay. I, w- I would agree with that. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. All right. Uh, I'm going to say as my first one, uh-huh. uh, Vault of Horror 12. Vault of Horror 12. Let me try to guess. Yeah. Vault of Horror 12. It's an EC book. It is. And it... it, it that's the one that it's like the first horror book. That's like the first major horror book from EC, which you know really pushed the boundaries of horror in comic books and of gruesomeness and all that kind of stuff. Now I know that it was it's Vault of Horror twelve, but that's there was no Vault of Horror number eleven or anything right. like that. It was what was the other one? Weren't, weren't, wasn't it side by side with something the crypt? Uh, Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, 20 or something? Uh, I th- think it was 20. Yeah, I think yeah. so. But I think Vault of Horror 12 is still the first one. Right, okay. Yeah. But I get your point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so this, this so this really started off, because remember, before it was, uh, before EC was an, it was, it was an entertainment, I think they called it an entertaining comic. Uh-huh. It was actually, uh, I believe, it was an edu- the EC was actually originally called an educational comic. Nice. And it was all about like Bible stories and right. stuff like that. And right. then and then it changed hands. Certainly not entertaining. No. Well, <laughs> Methuselah, wow! <laughs> Don't um, look back! <laughs> So, uh, and then I think, then it became like, you know, they had uh, Moon Girl romance and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. uh, and then, then it became, uh, you know, Vault of Horror and, and Tales from the Crypt and all that kind of stuff. Oh, Chris, this uh, Colombian coffee is wonderful. It's delicious, isn't it? I think it? it's from the, uh, um, the um, Cartagena area. The Cartagena. I think so. You know, my parents went to Cartagena once. Did they? And they actually came back. Wow. I know. Good for them. I know. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, the, so I that's why I think that, mules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dad, uh, Dad. I think you gained some weight. <laughs> that's okay, son. It's okay, son. Where's the bathroom? And I need some X lax. Jeez, go on, Chris. You didn't have to go that far with that. Uh, I, think, um, I think I need more coffee. Hold I on. think you need more coffee. So listen, so that's my that's my my thing. So after that, then all of a sudden we had uh, all these awesome horror books uh, out of EC, and then we now, had now let's let's stay with that first. Okay, because I did Fantastic Four one. Yeah, you did. What did you do again? Thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, Vault of Horror twelve. Thank you. Vault of Horror twelve. <laughs> now neither of them have an iconic cover. No, they don't. And well, they kind of both do a little bit. No, they, they, uh, that's only because it's imprinted in our in our heads because of the issues. I don't but know. The covers I think, don't get you. you I know. think they're. I think FF has a little bit of an iconic cover. Nah. You could you could argue that Vault of Horror twelve doesn't, but <laughs> neither does FF one. Uh, I think well, all right. Well, okay. well so these are these are strictly. My point is these are more content driven, but not even content driven because the stories weren't you know like 
like it's not like a you know a Frank Miller story or something. No, is, but but it's I'd it's, say like style driven or I don't know what you want to call it. Yeah, or or, or changing or, or, mm-hmm. or so that they're kind of a template changing. Right. Both. Right. Of them. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay. Hold so on. I made a couple notes here. Oh, so did you know? Look I'll at that. Take, I'll take that. All right. Um. You know what? Uh, one that came to my mind. We were talking about it earlier, and I don't know. I don't know the history enough. I didn't. Obviously, I didn't ex- uh, study. Like, well, why would I do? Why would you do that? Yeah, we don't. We don't do stuff like that on this but, show. You know, like Superman number seventy-five. Superman seventy-five. The death of Superman. The yeah. Second Superman. Right. The, the burn run. I, I'm sure he was gone by then. But yeah. Um, Superman number seventy-five. And the only reason I say that, it just kind of came to me, because that was the first time I ever remember, ever, um, a comic book making the mainstream news. Right, right. It was like on, you know, CNN, on CBS, it was in the New York Times. Do you remember when that book came out, I remember at the same time... The shopping channel was also starting right. to become big. Yes. And I remember they were, you know, they were trying to sell or push like, you know, these these special edition versions of yeah, that book yeah, yeah, on yeah. the shopping channel. Yeah. So, you know, instead of going to your newsstand and paying two ninety nine or whatever it was, dollar ninety nine for it, you'd, you'd you could buy a special edition version on the shopping channel for like a hundred bucks. I know, I know. But I'm just wondering over time that attrition, that that saturation, that that acceptance that you know whether it helped pave the way for you know the masses to accept comic books today right right, right. That, that kind of because uh, it was more of a novelty news piece can you imagine that something like that happens today it's like yawn right well I think, yeah you know like but but back then i don't know i just remember superman 75 getting just massive coverage it did. Yeah, it on did. the media it did. and i don't remember that before that Right. And okay, so I'll, I'll give that to you. You know what I mean? Yeah, in, yeah, in that yeah. sense, Superman 75 was kind of a, a unique moment right. in comic book history. Right. right? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'll agree so, with that. All right. That's yeah, just kind of one that, that kind of came from me from left field because I'm trying to not do the traditional ones. Right? No, no. Even well, so, I started with FF1. Well, right? that's all right. Okay. I'm going to, you know, so I, I agree with that and I think that's a good one. Okay. Um, you may not agree with this one. But to me, it changed the way comics were made. And I'm going to say Spawn number one. Spawn number one? Spawn number one. What the hell are you thinking? So I know, I know. I know what you're going to say. Why? I said it. Well, what the hell were you thinking? <laughs> Is there an echo in here? So listen, listen. So before Spawn number one, you have to remember that most comics, unless it was some sort of prestige format, most comics were printed still on newsprint. Yeah. And uh, and the coloring was, was meh. meh. Spawn number one came out, and it was on that really nice paper. Nice paper. And the colors were... The colors blew my mind. Crisp. And they, they were crisp and vibrant and dynamic jumped and jumped out at you. Uh-huh. And everybody had to follow suit after that. Yeah, in a sense there. Right? Now, you're a bit... Okay, I'm following you. Right, because nobody's gone back to newsprint. Nobody's gone back to the old way of color. Is that because Spawn won, though? Nobody. Okay, well, you could say you know the same thing about anything. Uh, Like you know, well, they're the first ones that did it, so you know, why not? Why wouldn't it be because of them? I don't know. Okay, let me ask you a question. Okay, 
Um, how, um, where along the lines, so where I would agree with Spawn 1 um, is, um, but I don't think it was the first one, maybe, so the, the whole Valiant image thing right. about the creators uh, owning and creating the property really is was the new template, the template that dominates today right. in terms of um, ownership. You, 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 yeah, you look at you look at uh, Netflix or Hulu or what the heck someone Hulu Hulu and all the other ones. Um, and, and you know a lot of these you know Grant Morrison, uh, Ellis, Ennis, yeah. Garth Ennis, yeah. uh, McFarlane. You you name a lot of guys have 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 you know come up with concepts and you know Brian K. Vaughn. You uh, I'm, I'm forgetting. Half dozen of them, just just real quickly, right? Um, you know, they're taking what they created predominantly through image now, right? But, right. But you know, Eric Powell went through, yeah, uh, yeah, the uh, goon, and um, but you know, up until that Valiant image thing, well, image was before Valiant, was it? Oh yeah. Okay. So, yeah. but is is Spawn one the first image book? I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, yeah. I'd have I'd have to do some research. But. Okay, but even if it isn't, in a sense, that kind of represents, you know, like a superstar like Todd McFarland that did Spidey. He's saying, "Hey, I can do something kind of similar, right? Uh, but own it." Exactly. And so he went to exactly. Image. Now, I mean, I honestly don't remember if it was if it was Jim Lee's Wildcats that started it, right? You know, but in that one. era. But I, but I mean, but I mean, I. Spawn number one was the one that really stood out for me as far as the the way it was colored, the way it was lettered, the way the crispness of everything, you know, and the okay. you know. So, right. so, so I think we're talking about two different things, but, right? But I get what you're saying, yeah. you know. I mean, uh, ownership, right? Uh, the ownership of of the character and being uh, being able to be to steer your own ship, uh -huh. as, as it were, yeah. was it gave them the ability to have those better colors, those better printing, but better everything, yeah, right. Yeah. You know, so because they weren't stuck in, stuck with working with whatever publishing uh, and printing, um, you know, Marvel or DC wanted. Okay, Spawn number one. So I'm going to say that, that's my that's my 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 second one. All right, I'm going to try to go left field, uh, even lefter field, even lefter, even lefter. All right. Um, I remember talking about this to a guy a couple of years ago, believe it or not. Um, Akira number one. Akira number one. Came out eighty eight. Okay. Akira number one. I forget the guy's name, Chris. Some Japanese guy. Katsuhiro name. Otomo. I, I think it ends in an A or an O. O. Katsuhiro oh. Otomo. Thank you. Yeah, that guy. Um, you didn't he play first base for the Yankees? No, that was um, uh, uh, Mitsuki, Mitsu. Mitsubishi. Yeah, I don't. No. Yeah, We're, you know what? Just yeah. stop. Just okay. stop. We're gonna. I, yeah, I, I, I forgot. Stop. But. So, what's his name? Katsu? Otomo. Just say Otomo. Otomo. So, this Otomo guy creates this Akira in Japan. Right. And it's published here. And it was a hit here. Right. And I remember talking to a guy about... It was kind of like the harbinger, the the thing that um, opened the, the door to the Japanese manga that, that became massively influential in North America. Right. In the '90s and early but 2000s, that that primarily stemmed from the the anime movie, 
right? So if you so the anime movie came out and it it blew every even if you look at it today, which anime movie? Akira. Akira. Okay. Akira. Right. Akira came out and it was it was made into an anime movie and then because of that there was demand for the printed the version of right. the comic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. But a lot of that anime like Sailor Moon and stuff, those are first anime uh, movies, no? Or, uh, or they rate to books. I that I don't know. I think it may have been it could have been a book first, I don't know. I okay. honestly don't know. All right. So obviously my information was wrong. I don't think it was wrong, but but my point though is is that book kind of marshaled in in print anyway sure, sure. the Japanese invasion Absolutely, yes. of the North American comic book yep, shops yep, right yep. that was kind of like that first first uh, shot across the bow type thing very influential yep. successful I think they were the, I don't know if they were they, I don't think they were the first ones but I would say that they're the probably that the, the most successful that's right the right. one that hit I'm, right. I'm sure there wasn't uh uh, yeah, I'm sure there's other ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I think that they were probably. I remember uh, even before that there was a Macross comic that came out. Yeah, yeah. But you they, know, they, were, but they came and went. Came right? and, Robotech was, comics kind yeah, of came and one, went. This one kind of, yeah. This yeah. one kind of stuck, and this one kind of, you know, opened the door for the. Yeah, other I, 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 I'll give you some of that. I'll give you some of that. Okay. It's a, all right. It's a tough now, one. Let's talk about. Uh, we talked about the Japanese successfully. Uh, crossing over yep. and doing well in North America in terms of their animated styles and their storytelling styles. Um, it's all, I think we've talked about this before, must have a thing. It always struck me as odd that the Europeans never conquered North America. Yeah, you know, it's, Tintin never sold here, never no, got adapted here. No. Asterix Obelix no. never sold here, never no. got adapted here. Dylan Dog, no. they, you know, you had to buy those in those goddamn humanoid <laughs> reprints or whatever the hell. Yeah, was. yeah, yeah. What was the company called? Oh, I don't even remember now. Fantastic. I think Press I think it was well, something Press. Or, I think it's yeah, a Canadian company. Yeah, Fantagraphics. Fantagraphics, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Um, so the Europeans never. You know, the Japanese had their style, and at home it was massively successful, and they, and they transferred, transferred it here. Yeah, but you know what's funny is that even, even like, you know, master uh, artists, like uh, guys like Mobius, yeah. you know, they barely got a dinner. I mean, yeah. you know, like, you ask the average person who Mobius is, they won't know. Mm-mm. Yet here's a guy that, that helped work on many of the, the movies and, uh, that we he, know today. Right, and he would, you know, do Surfer or something like that in 82 or something. It's like, it was, a, it was a two-issue miniseries, yeah, right? Yeah, Not exactly. Yon, but you know what it is. Yeah, but nobody really got it, right? Nobody got it. Nobody, you know, yeah. I know that, um, I think it was Epic that printed all the, the, the Inkle and, and a bunch of his uh, other graphic novels, but it's, you know, again, like nobody really cared about it too much. Yeah, that's yeah, odd. So, yeah. Like I said, the Japanese, uh, uh, the Japanese uh, did it and the Europeans didn't. Yeah. All right, anyway, that was mine. Go okay. ahead, over to you. Give me oh, one. okay, so... Um, Let's see here. Uh, you know, so one of the ones I was thinking about was Cerebus. Cerebus number Dave one. Dave Sim. Dave Sim. Cerebus number, uh-huh. number one. Um, I think that it really helped to open up the independent market. Yeah. What was that? Around 77? Uh, I, I thought it was so. a little bit later than that. I thought it was 70, like 78. Okay. But it, 77, but it was, 78. Yeah, yep. something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I think, Dave's, I think Dave Sim's Cerebus really helped usher in... Um, the the fact that independent comic book creators could actually you know do make money at it and they could publish books and they could do well on it you know before that you know you'd get some 
the odd book here and there that never really kind of took off. But man, Cerebus uh, starting out as a parody of Conan, right, and then became its own thing. Yeah, um, you know, it, yeah. it really it, took off. Yeah, and it definitely avoided a lot of the creators, the independent creators, yeah. and it was kind of like a independent revolution after right. that. Right, really. you, you know, know what I mean? Hey, Chris, I got an observation. What's that? The thing with coffee, it's our first show with coffee. It is. And I got to tell you, like, after a few minutes, it gets cold. It does get colder. It's something, like, we don't have that problem with proper 12. No, we really don't. No? We really don't. No, I know. We, we, you know, the proper 12 is going. It's always the same. Yeah, always yeah, always the same. Exactly the way yeah. you want it. Just exactly. But uh, I think... You know what you're like, going to get with it. Exactly. Yeah. I think you need, like... Unlike a, this show. <clears throat> I think you need, like, a thermos mm. for, for coffee. I agree, because mine's super cold now. Yeah, I mean, it's like, mine too. just, like, like black. Ah, anyways, anyways, what, what were we talking? About? Uh, I said Cerebus, and you Cerebus. and you agreed vehemently with me. Not vehemently. No, I'd say it was vehemently. Ah, it was okay. Yeah, no, you loved it. I did. All right, let me see. What I had, uh, I had one that I was kind of thinking about. Thinking about again. I, I didn't want to. You know. Yeah, hold on. <clears throat> Um, and, and I guess on, the, I'm to remember. the purpose of this was to kind of think about not just necessarily like characters, like you know, you know, Spider-Man. Did that really change anything? Well, no, it's an awesome character, right? But it's an awesome it didn't character. Didn't change anything, no. right? Well, how about how about when was the moment that comics started that slow process? Of turning into North American comics, superhero comics, into mature themes, things that eventually led to Gaiman, the things that led to the right. Dark Knight, things that led to all that kind of stuff. I like, and the things that led to the success of the comic shop. Right, right. right? Like, like, because the comic shop, you know. A little bit older guys came yep. in there. They're not yep. going to go to the local corner store with all those bent things with all the kids are just reading and all yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always thought in that conversation would have been Daredevil 168. Daredevil 168. Now, Frank Miller took over Daredevil in, I think, 79 at yep. number 158. Right. But he took over the art. Right. With issue 168, he took over the whole took show. Over. Right. He wrote it as well. And he gave us Electra. Right. Now, Electra's not the important part here. She's a great character. No, no. But, you know, there's a ton of great characters. Okay. I'm talking about that's the moment, really, to me, one of the moments, yep. one of the defining moments is where really what we didn't know at that time that was a catalyst for a, 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 a new direction. Right. Okay, I'll, I'll agree with that. Again, because yeah. you know, I think that was like 1980. Yeah, that was... That was before year one, I right. think. Right, yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. Uh, um, so that was um, that was an important time where, where... Comics were becoming a little bit more adult. like And, and regular size comics, not, right. yeah, not like Savage Sword of Conan prints, or anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, and... and you know, and, and the fact that they were more adult e helped the the direct market, right? Because it was a place to go and get your stuff, get it reserved, get you know all yeah, that kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. Um, and it eventually led to all the other, you know. Well, I mean, because you know, I thought about this before, and I and I, I don't, I don't know if it changed comic the comic industry. 
But like, you know, obviously yeah. you can think about books like, you know, Dark Knight Returns, Watchmen, and Mouse. But I think they all... But I think they're all... My point is they're all... And I think I'd agree with you on that. Daredevil that, 168. That they all started before that, They all right? started here. Yeah. Is my argument. Right. Or, you know, maybe other points, but this is definitely one of the major ones. Right. Right? Because by the time Dark Knight came out or Watchmen came out... The template had already been set. We had smatterings of the adult Yeah, and, and this line. is one of the books that, that, that set that new guideline, set right. that, those new parameters, set that new, um, established the new beachhead, if you want. Right, right, right. right. Uh, of, of, you know, and, and expectations for readers of what they could expect and, 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 and you know, and, and dive into and enjoy. Sure, right? sure. So I like that one. Yeah, all right. So, okay, I'll, I'll give you that. All right. Um... Now what about now what about yeah. what about what about Fantastic Four fifty two? Yeah, first Black See, Panther. Yeah, that's something different. But um, I think now I think it's important because I know we had you know black heroes in other comics before that, right? But I think because it was Marvel doing it, I think it was an important step. Well, because it caught on. It caught because on. it caught on, right? It's it's because it's. Uh... But it was an important step in the industry. Like they they were the ones that that said we need to have you know representation here, right? Yeah, I think that's a that's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, that's a societal thing that comics, I guess, were catching up to, um, just because. I think the way people, I guess you got to remember at that time, I'm trying to, trying to think in society why at that time, the people who wrote them, wrote them on what they knew, right. which was, you know, themselves. Right. Right. Yep. And there weren't maybe enough African-American creators. Uh, but yeah, you're right. As a, as a social, um, I don't want to say experiment, but as well, just a social, like saying, as a corporate thing, saying, hey, you know yeah. what? A lot of our readers are African-American. Right. We and have African-American characters. Right. And, and it, so as a business sense, it was very, really smart, and, but it also reflected society's change at the time in terms of social justice things, civil but, rights movements. Absolutely. Right? But I, I guess the thing that, I'm, that I think it's important is that, you know, it's okay for, you know... Like you know, the a small publishing company to go ahead and and put out uh, African American characters, and but it, it, until somebody really you know of note of, of importance is, whose voice we people are going to listen to, right? That's when it becomes a thing, right? Like you know, I know you had Lobo, yeah, before that, before right. that, but I mean, yeah. it was Black Panther, yeah, that 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 made kind of everybody stand up and say, hey, wait a second here, right? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And then within a short period of time, you had Falcon, you. Had had a cage right know, and then you know and then you know, moves on and on move, moves on and on um yeah i mean there's no 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 i don't know how it fits in but it doesn't have to fit in right because there are different ways it could just talking about Im- important industry yeah. changes yeah right right yeah so, I, I guess fantastic four number 52 is a monumental important book because it does um Correct uh, an obvious anomaly, right? Not an anomaly, whatever. It's it's kind of again, yeah. It's kind of like you know, society. You can relate it in a way to um, Jackie Robinson, 
Right. Like, it's obvious that society is, you know, what, why are these uh, you know, American citizens, why are they playing in two different leagues? Right. 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 Or, 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 you know, why isn't the big league have representations of its citizens? Right. right? And, and, and same as Marvel, like, okay, what is our stable of superheroes? Why isn't it reflecting society? Yeah, right? exactly. And so making that change, making that conscious change and conscious decision to to make that change yep. is important in comic history agreed oh, okay I like that one yeah um, hold on here I got, we're I running got... out of time unless we want to make this a two parter no 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 I had another one um, I don't have very many other ones I think because I, I had a I, I didn't want to do I, you know what on on my um, my blogs and stuff like that um, um, I often like shit on showcase four yeah you know, yeah because uh and, but you know what? I want to give it a little bit of props here. All right. Because Showcase 4, what that represented was the industry, which was DC at the time. Yes. Who kind of was really the only bearer of successful superhero comics. Right. Right. Uh, it was that uh, industry leader in that field um, recognizing the fact that, you know, the comics code came in. That um, you know the 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 horror and then the sex and all that was gone. Yeah, and it was an opportunity to um, reestablish a wider scope of superheroes. Right, right. And so you know they dug back to their old old catalog. Yeah, yeah. Yep. They updated the characters, yep. and you know in a way, I guess that was unimportant. You know, would would Fantastic Four one have come without a Showcase Four? Hard to say. I, I don't know. Yeah, hard know? to say. So, um, I don't know. What do you think about, like, uh, Zap? Like, Crumb? Well, yeah, I was thinking about, like, all the underground comics. Uh-huh. I don't I don't know if they really had a, made a, any kind of... They didn't really, did they? Cultural shift or, or industry shift. No. You know, or no. anything like that. Are they awesome? Absolutely. Are did, they... Did, did those characters influence other characters? No. Like, like in Marvel and DC, for they, example? They may have influenced some artists and writers, right? But it's hard to say. You know, it's hard to say that, you know, did Robert Crumb influence, uh, you know, a Chester Brown or, a, uh, you know, or who else? Yeah, but right? Chester Brown it, it hasn't influenced popular culture. Right. So, but I mean, okay, let's say they influenced... I don't know, uh, uh, Todd McFarlane. Todd, right, okay. Okay, but did, yeah. did, did it? I don't know. I don't know either. Right? Yeah. It, or does Todd McFarlane go, yeah, of course, Robert Crumb's great, uh, you know, but uh, so is, uh, you know, so is Krigstein, so is yeah, yeah, uh, Neil yeah. Adams, and, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. so, so is, did, did anybody in... in... So is, what's Flessel? Flessel? Who is the guy that drew um, the old detectives, like pre-Batman detectives? Oh, geez, I don't I know. It was I think I'm getting the name. I have wrong. no idea who that is. is. Chester Gould, Dick Tracy. He's a detective. Is he? <laughs> Not so a very good one. Clearly. Uh-huh. Uh, so, do underground comics? Did they did they really change anything, or they, were they just a a cool thing that kind of you know you know they stood for for uh, political stances at the time. Uh, you could say you could maybe say that they were a venue to for people that feel, felt that they didn't have a voice to have a voice yeah, um, in yeah. for political change. Uh, how far did it get them? I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Like, yeah, there, there's not a uh, there's not a a like a tangible or obviously visible 
obviously visible influence that those had that you can kind of say, hey, yeah, you know, this all comes from the underground. Right, like in, right. In today's, you know, whether right. it's the films or the TVs or the comics or the or whatever Exactly, is, yeah. You, it's hard to, to kind of, it's hard to take anything back. Okay, yeah, that's, that all started in the underground. I mean, okay, right? the only thing I might say, but this would be on the underground as a whole, is that it gave, helped, but I mean, it helped to give rise for the independent creator. Right, but I mean, there's lots of not just undergrounds. Like you look at uh, independent creators in Canada that weren't necessarily underground, but they're alternative, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you know, I think of underground as being usually talking about you know sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and and uh, you know uh, down with communism. Sex and drugs and rock and roll. I think that was the Ramones. I think so. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Or the Sex Pistols. Or whatever. I don't or know. Whatever. Yeah. It was a terrible song. It really was. Look at it. So I mean, did, did it really evoke any kind of? Uh, uh, change in the industry uh, maybe maybe not I don't I don't know all right listen what we want to hear is from you guys the listeners what uh, what do you think yeah give us a couple of comics here that we missed well I'm Remember, sure after 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 action one action one and um, you know anything you want and just give it a one sentence argument is good enough for us but uh, <laughs> because um, I'm sure there's a lot. We oh, there's we lots. There's lots. Yeah, okay. there's lots. Listen, but that's all the time we have for today. Uh, hopefully, hopefully this wasn't too boring with our coffee episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, if it is, uh, we're looking for sponsors. They're gonna. The only comments <laughs> we. The only comments we'll get. Guys, go back to drinking. <laughs> Shows are way more fun. Where do drink. I send the bottle? <laughs> nice. All right. See everyone. Have yourself week. a great. Have yourself a great day.